Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I will do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit from this moment forward. Mm, I'll never be the same. Say, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God a big praise now. He's worth it. Amen. Amen. I I know that the Spirit of God is working in this room right now. I'm going to ask you to just connect with me in the Spirit and let God do what only God can do. There are there are uh, there are just moments and there are times when information's coming. We got like a classroom setting and, and and you know the Bible is awesome because the the greater you increase your level of understanding, the more power and the more authority that word begins to produce in your life. And then there are times when the Spirit is just doing something on His own. He almost really doesn't even need us. And today I just feel the Spirit of God just moving in here. It's, you know, if you're, if you, if you, if you're not getting it today, uh, you gotta slap yourself a few times and tell yourself to quit playing church. Cause God is in this room right now. Okay? God is in this room right now. He's come here to meet you. And, and I'm excited too, because I'm gonna be talking to you, uh, about the anointing. And, uh, you know, as we get ready for the new year, I, I think that we ought to understand that we have the ability to live a lifestyle that is so different from the lifestyle of the world. And and I'm not talking about the clothes you wear and, and the movies you go to and all of that stuff. That's You know what? When, when, when the Spirit begins to really impact your life, any of those changes that He wants to make, He'll make them. You know, uh, that's between you and God. I, I'm not here today to, to talk about, you know, when you think of lifestyle, uh, your, your individual actions necessarily. I'm talking about the end result on a daily basis that you can see accomplished in your life the will of God, the plan of God, the purposes of God every day. That things that you thought were mundane and ordinary, suddenly your eyes will be open and you'll see God using all things together for good. All things. All things. The lifestyle of the blessed. I want to talk about the lifestyle of the blessed. You're blessed of God. You have the favor of God resting upon your life. You have been positioned to win or succeed in any given situation. You have what it takes. You have what it takes because he has given you all things that pertain unto God or unto life and unto godliness. You've got it. We just got to turn it on. Amen. just got to kind of uncork the bottle and, and, and start pouring it out. Right? We are going to go to a level of demonstration that's just absolutely nuts. I'm, I'm believing God that you are going to, to see the anointing switch flipped on like never before. And, you know, when you say the word anointing, I think sometimes we think, uh, you know, we, we have different pictures. Kind of like when you say church, some people, they see stained glass and long robes and somber faces. You know, the picture that I want you to see when you hear the word anointing, I, I just want you to see a lifestyle that's just... It doesn't make any difference what's going on out there. The end result just seems to always be shining. The end result always has the fingerprints of God on it. The end result is just effective. You do realize that God doesn't necessarily want to make you busy. 
But he would like to make you effective. So that everywhere you go in life, things are just happening. It's just rolling along. It's the lifestyle of the blessed. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have challenge. No, it means in the middle of challenge, you're going to have a stupid grin on your face because you are now aware of what the end is going to be. Right? So you get this little snicker going because you know that no weapon formed against me can prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me, I can condemn. For this is the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, man, I'm glad you're here. The anointing. It's not a moment or a religious term. It's more of a special endowment of supernatural energy that distinguishes certain Christians. That's what the Amplified Bible talks about. A special endowment of supernatural energy. It's, you know, in Old Testament, anytime they talked about anointing, it was really a picture of things to come. You know, God with us. God with us. And see, sometimes I think we forget God is with us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has now quickened your mortal body. He's not living near you. He's living in you. And you you got something on the inside of you that doesn't make any sense. Why God would move into you, I don't know. Don't take that personal, but I, I just can't figure out. You know, we know people that don't want to live near us, let alone in us. But here we are, we have relationship with God, and sometimes we, we overlook the incredible power that comes from the anointing that's upon our life. You know, just because you own a sidearm doesn't mean you use it. You know, you you can have, uh, you know, you, you, you can go down and, and buy a car and get 450 or 500 horsepower. That doesn't mean that you use it. Well, it would if I bought it, but, but you understand what I'm saying. You have stuff in your life that's very effective that sits in the shed. I think we need to bring this back to the forefront of our life and activate the anointing. Amen? Look at Exodus chapter 30 with me real quick, verses 31 and 32. Thou shalt speak to the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. And upon man's flesh shall it not be poured. Don't make any like it after the composition of it. This is holy. It shall be holy unto you. Go back and look at 31. He, God's speaking to him now, and he says, This shall be a holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Everybody say holy. God's talking about something here, and, and uh, he's talking about just that oil. And uh, they're going to make that oil, and that oil is going to be a picture of the presence of God upon their life. And I got to tell you something, when, when they anointed people, and you know, when we anoint people here, you know, we put a little bit on our finger and put it on their forehead. When they anointed people in the Old Testament, they just took out a bucket and dumped it on them. You, you know, you, you got anointed back there because that, it, they wanted them to really have the picture that the anointing is going to saturate you. The presence of God is going to envelop, it's going to be all over you. It's going to be all over you. You know, Shelby and I, when we uh, took a church in, in Kaiser many years ago, we, we got in there and they had a diesel furnace. And you had to go over every Sunday morning during the winter and, and crawl around in there because you had to make the thing work. It was held together with baling wire and duct tape. And, uh, uh, and you, couldn't, you couldn't get anywhere near that furnace without getting some of that black gook on you. 
You, I mean, you just, you're going to get it on you because it's on it. And if you get anywhere near it, you're getting it on you. And you could tell who had fired up the furnace that day. All you had to do was just, if you just had any, uh, you know, ability to be alert at all, you could figure it out. I want you to know that you can figure out who's been in the presence of God. Because it'll be on them. You see it. it, it it's going to be there. And it leaves its mark. See, I think God's going to take us to a place where it's obvious something's going on in your world that is bigger and better than you by yourself. Amen? This is holy unto God. This is sacred, set apart. This particular oil, he said, is holy unto me. And he said, don't apply it to man's flesh. Upon man's flesh, it will not be poured. Okay, where are we going to pour it? Well, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to pour it on man. Well, wait a minute. It says not to put it on man's flesh. Well, because you've got to understand that we're not anointing your flesh, but the anointing is really going to come upon your spirit. Okay? You're going to get out of the flesh and into the spirit. See, a lot of times we think that the anointing is to empower us to do something. And we end up doing all kinds of things and saying it's anointed. But the anointing, the purpose of the anointing is not to empower you to do. It's to position you to know someone. Oh, you've got to get this now. The anointing is not meant to empower you to perform. But it is purposed to position you to know someone to connect you with someone and that someone obviously is god the presence of god and i got to tell you that anything less than transformational means you have not been in the presence of god when you get in the presence of god he is going to change you it changes you god's desire you know I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your God wants your experience with him to be transformational. It's going to change you. Can I tell you something about the anointing? The anointing is going to change everything. It's going to change you. It's going to change your marriage. It's going to change your family. It's going to change your money. It's going to change your mind. It's going to change your health. It's going to change everything because that's what it does. It's going to change you. When you get the anointing flowing, some stuff is going to change. Look at your neighbor and say, some stuff's about to change. The anointing's not going to make you spiritually cool. It's not going to cause you to talk like Benny, to be kind like Joel. But it's going to change you. Hello? It's not going to make you fuss like Joyce. But it's going to change you. It's not so you can prophesy. It's not so you can cast out demons. And it's not so you can do many wonderful works. Well, man, if we, you know, we need the anointing to come. 
That, that service was anointed. Did you hear that prophecy? You're missing the point. Matter of, I'll prove it. Matthew 7. We'll put it up. Matthew 7. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name, have we not cast out devils? And in thy name, have we not done many wonderful works? Look at verse 23. I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Go, go back to 22. Look at what they're saying. Look at what we've done. We, we've done prophecy. We've done deliverance. We've done wonderful works. And he says to them, you've missed the whole point. The point isn't to do. The point is to know. If, if we don't know God, let me tell you what an anointed worship service is. It is not great music. It's not perfect pitch. It's not happy songs. It's where you suddenly find yourself standing face to face with God. Where everything else fades away. Nothing else matters. And it's you and Jesus. Intimate relationship, just you and Jesus. God wants to make himself known to us. The people who know God, those are the strong ones. And yet, they do incredible, mighty, marvelous things, but their focus isn't on doing, it's on knowing. Man, I just want to know God. I don't care what we do or don't do. It, it is not our goal to do things. No, we do things out of obedience and, 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 and to honor God. Why? Because we know Him. We're not wanting to get anointed so that we're better at what we do. We want the anointing to come. So we're closer with the one we know. We want to know God. We don't want it to be physical. We want it to be spiritual. You know, in the presence of God, it takes God 30 seconds to say something that will take you 30 years to receive. I mean it. You, I know people, that, you know, it's, it's just really, sometime you ought to stand up here and look this way. You know, it's great that you get to sit there and look this direction. Sometime you ought to stand up here and look this way and talk about the Word of God and the look on different people's faces is like, give me a break. Man, I've tried reading that book. That book, that's a hard book. That's not a hard book. When the anointing comes and all of a sudden God, the voice behind that Scripture begins to speak into your spirit. i got news for you. Stuff is changing. And you, you're going to see stuff differently, and nobody else is going to get it. And that's all right, because God said it to you. You know, there have been different times that God, through His Word, has spoken to myself and Shelby, and we've done things based on that Word that... And then, and, and people see the result and they, they want, they would love to produce that result, so they try it. But they don't have a word from God. You know, I, 
I often picture, you know, what it'd be like when, when Jesus told Peter to get out of the boat and he got out of the boat and he walked on water. If the other 11 had joined him, they would have sunk like lead. How? Gone. God wants to speak to you. But you, you have to get yourself positioned. And you gotta, you gotta connect with this anointing. And I think that there are some things in the Word of God that will help us understand why that oil was holy, sacred to God. I, I want you to look with me at Exodus chapter 30, verse 22, and we'll go through 24. I, I, I just want to get the anointing all over your life. I, 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 want, I want the anointing to manifest in your lives like never before. I'm not saying that we don't have it. I'm saying we need more of it. Amen? Look at this. Moreover, the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, and after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil, olive, a hint. Just a hint of olive oil. And God gives him this recipe. And I don't think that there's anything really in that book that you've got that just is there to fill up space. I think that if God didn't want you to understand the recipe, he would have just said, make oil. I'm going to whisper in your ear my secret ingredients. We're going to be like KFC. Don't tell nobody about my 12 spices. But that's not what God said. God put it right here. He put it in the Word. Why? I think there's some incredible insight here if we'll just look at it. what's going to produce the anointing, the presence of God in our life. The first ingredient is myrrh. Everybody say myrrh. Myrrh is an interesting thing. It's an interesting spice. That word means bitter. Now, it smells great. It's very sweet, but it's extremely bitter to taste. So here's something that you can look forward to, because having the presence of God in your life will it suddenly cause things which are bitter to be overwhelmed by a sweet presence that is produced by the anointing. Having God's presence does not promise the eradication of bitterness, because life is often bitter. But it does empower us to produce the sweet spirit in spite of the bitterness. Once again, the anointing changes you. Many of us have seen that manifested on numerous occasions. You know, funerals of, of uh, individuals who were loved and precious and, and, and not ready to go. You know, and they were great people and, you know, and, and different ones come and, and they're talking about the, you know, the man in the box and, and, they're, and they're broken because of what's been taken from them. But the, the impact that life had made, you know, I've done funerals where people had to lie about the dude in the box. You know, they come up and they say, here lies before us a very great man. He was a, he was a kind man. And you think to yourself, I'm in the wrong room. That wasn't a kind man. That was a dirty old mean cuss. But then you do funerals where they don't have to lie. And the pain is real. And, and, and the loss is tremendous. But yet there's something on that family. And it's just a sweet presence. It's the anointing. It, it's, you know, you've known people. You've 
maybe gone through it yourself. The situations in life that should have broken you and crushed you, but yet there was something on the inside of you that just caused life to flow anyways. The anointing. There is something about the anointing that will change you in the middle of what should destroy you. But there is a sweet spirit that just comes upon you. That's the presence of God. I think God wants to empower us with His presence so that life in the middle of tragedy, in the middle of conflict, in the middle of opposition and chaos, we recognize something different inside of us, lifting us, elevating us above those things. The anointing of God. Life without the anointing? It's just bitter. Just bitter. I know, you know, you take two individuals and put them through the same situation, and one comes out, and yeah, it, it was real, and it hurt, and, and but yet there's just something. You know, they're just going on. Another, another individual with the same exact situation, and they're just mean, and they're broken, and they're angry, and they're hurting. No anointing. I don't care how anointed you think you are. If there's bitterness in you, you ain't anointed enough. Well, I've been in the presence of God. Well, it didn't help. I remember one time, back in the day, you know, uh, when, when we first got started, we were doing youth ministry, and, and everybody was really into playing records backwards. Remember that? Playing records backwards. And, and uh, uh, you know, and we, our, our youth ministry was exploding. We had, it was just crazy, and all kinds of stuff going on. And, and, uh, the, and there were moments, and i got to be honest with you, we didn't know why or how, but uh, it was just nuts. And so I, I went through different seasons where I was trying different stuff to, you know, because I didn't know what to do. What do you do with all these kids? So I, I talked about playing records backwards. And I, and I can remember talking to a gal who was pretty close to me. And, 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 I, was, and I was really concerned for her because of the stuff she was listening to. It was pretty, it, you know, it, it wasn't any good. And, and, uh, but she would get so mad at me for talking about her music. And, that, her music and, and I told her, I said, you know, that, that, that particular music, it's going to mess you up. She goes, it is not affecting me. <laughs> Point made. Okay. The anointing can change you. And you don't have to be bitter. You don't have to be broken. You don't have to be hurting. You don't have to be dying. You don't have to be wounded. The anointing. Well, if they would come and, you know, repent, if they'd ask for forgiveness, you don't even need it. I've had people apologize for stuff that they'd said or done. It didn't make me feel any better at all. But the anointing. Heals you. The anointing. The second ingredient, cinnamon. Don't you love cinnamon? Cinnamon is in everything good. Right? Think about it. Cinnamon rolls. That's good stuff right there. You know, it's in, there is no substitute for cinnamon. You know what the word cinnamon means? It means upright. Upright. To stand upright. Nothing takes the place of standing upright. 
Nothing takes the place of cinnamon. Think about cinnamon toast. Oh. Sunday morning, rushed to church, forgot to eat, and now we're going to talk about toast. Cinnamon toast. How do you really make cinnamon toast? You take homemade white bread. Mmm. You put it in the toaster, and you get it just right. You pull it out, and you cover it with butter, and it melts into the white bread. You pull out the sugar, and you load it on. Mm -hmm. And then you go grab the cinnamon, and you mix it in there, and then you eat it while the second piece of bread's in the toaster. Well, anything that good cannot be done one time. We have to repeat this process. Eat it and repeat it. That's what I always say. Eat it and repeat it. <laughs> you get up, you go down, you're going to go make cinnamon toast. You walk in there, ain't no white bread. It's okay. Wheat will do. Grab for the butter. Ain't no butter. That's all right. I got. can't believe it's not butter. I got a substitute. Can't find no sugar. Must be smart. Use Splenda. But there is no substitute for cinnamon. I don't care what you put on there. If you ain't got cinnamon, you ain't got cinnamon toast. There ain't no substitute for cinnamon. There's no substitute for living upright. None. Living upright is an ingredient that attracts the presence of God. When you do what's right, even when it hurts, it brings the presence, the anointing into your situation. It empowers you to produce an end result that's different than you would produce without the presence of God. When you do what's right, I wish, I wish all of you could have met my father. My father was a different individual. He, he, he had his own personality and his own makeup. And, and I, I got to tell you something that there were, you know, when, when you worked with my dad, you just did what he said, when he said, how he said, as long as he said. That's just how he rolls. You know, and there's many times that I didn't agree with what he said. But I did it anyways. Because upright... Uh, includes submit. Submission. Submission. Can I tell you, submission is a little different than agreement. You don't have to be in agreement to be in submission. But you have to be in submission to be upright. I imagine our brother home here from the service, there's times that an officer will ask him to do something he don't want to do. He probably has a better plan. I bet he don't even suggest it. I bet it's just, yes, sir. And you go on. But what does that produce? I am so grateful that one of the things my father instilled in me was if you want to ask a question, do it when you're finished with what I said. Just do it. Just go. We'll save a lot of time here. Uh, you know, and now, you know, I, 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 I try hard to speak this into the lives of my kids. Just do it. Just jump and go. Why? Because it's going to produce a better end result than if you don't. 
I think a lot of us step out of the anointing because we've decided we're going to do it our way. And so we want to put oil on our flesh when God wants to bring his spirit into our spirit. We want to accomplish something, to do something. But God wants us to know something, someone. And the results are dramatically different. We need to live lives that are upright. Think about it. Uprightness in marriage brings a rock solidness. That without, without uprightness, that relationship has no anointing. You know, I was thinking about it as I was preparing this message. And I've been working on this message for some time. God's been dealing with me for a couple of months to speak about this and to lead us into this as we go into the new year. And, I, and as I was getting ready for this, I started thinking about the different times that I had to question, is Shelby telling me the truth? Did she just lie? And you realize that there's only one time in our entire relationship that I ever questioned, is she really telling me the truth? That's when she said yes. Because I thought she might be just messing with me. I have never questioned, is she lying? Is that true? Never. Do you understand the solid foundation that that provides in our home? It's just uprightness. Think about that in your house, what it produces, the, the ability to just be upright. Think about what being upright in your finances produces. There is an end result that does not come by cheating. Well, I can, I, can, I can get a little extra here. I can just take that which isn't mine. But the end result... See, now, now all you get is bitterness. But when you do it upright, you know, there are some things that you just you can live without. You can live without a newer home. You can live without a nicer car. You can live without friends. You, you can live without money. But you cannot live God life without standing upright, being right in the sight of God. Not getting him to agree with you, getting you to walk in agreement with him. You can get by with a lot of stuff, but you can't get by without the presence of God. Check this out. Psalms 112. Uh, again, may I borrow your book? Psalms 112. Let me just read this to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This might be a little help for you. I think some of you guys read your Bible wrong. I think you read it this way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man who fears rivers and worships the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His spiritual offspring shall be mighty upon the earth. You're reading the Bible wrong. Stop it. Read it this way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed. <laughs> That's me. Positioned to win and succeed in any given situation. Blessed. 
happy, not bitter, happy, not angry, happy, not upset, happy, not a bore to be around, happy. Ask yourself, when people see you in the mall, do they duck into another store? Fortunate. Fortunate. Oh, I'm blessed. I'm fortunate. Man, I'm fortunate. I'm married up. I'm fortunate. I got three boys that love me. I'm fortunate. I love my church. I'm fortunate. God's been good to me. I can't believe I didn't get that raise. You're never going to match anything. You're so stupid. You're not. There's a difference. Fortunate to be envied. To be envied. Everybody want to be like you? Are you the last thing that they picture as their end result? Happy, fortunate. Envied is the man who worships the Lord. Who delights greatly, not a little, but greatly in his commandments. His offspring is mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright is blessed. Is what there's no substitution for living upright. You don't get happy, fortunate, and to be envied unless you are upright. Look at somebody tell them, I'm gonna go home and make cinnamon toast. <laughs> Third ingredient. Calamus. Calamus. Calamus is a reed. Grows in little patches. Calamus grows in really unusual places, though. It grows best in thick, miry clay. Calamus grows best where nothing else will grow. Not like a greenhouse variety. You know, the anointing will cause you to grow when circumstances suggest you should be declining. You know, you think about this last year, and last weekend we asked how many of you really did have the best year of your life. We, we started believing God for the best year of our lives at the beginning of last year, right in the middle of the worst recession that we've known in our lifetime, many of us, you know, it's the worst season ever. And 80% of the people raise their hand. Yes, this has been the best year of my life. That's what the anointing will do. Is it'll cause increase even when decrease is projected by all the wisdom of the world. The anointing will cause you to grow Regardless of the storm, whereas a greenhouse variety, the wind blows, the rains fall, the storms come, they cave in, give up and quit. They can't make it. When it gets tough, they get gone. That's a greenhouse variety. You hurt my feelings, I'm leaving. Well, you might as well pack, because I'll be hurting your feelings sooner or later. Right? Come on, guys. You know, you, you don't have to live life without ingredients. God's plan have you heard this? Is to prosper you. To increase you. That's God's plan. You don't have to seek prosperity next year. Seek the plan of God. His plan will produce life. But His plan is intimate relationship. His plan is to, to cover you with His presence. Calamus, that reed, grows. 
when it shouldn't grow. In other words, it's a relationship that's deeper than birthday parties. It doesn't just show up when there's cake. It doesn't come when it's easy. But it just stands there. You know, in that reed, you know, everywhere there's a joint, there's a membrane. And a reed is a natural conduit. But the membrane at that joint needs to be broken through. I see this too, that many of us, we have reasons why we can't be used, why we can't do that, why we won't see this happen. But God breaks through those things for you. You know, I, I don't have the talent. I don't have the skill. I don't have the education. But the presence of God penetrates and opens you up so that you are a natural conduit to carry the blessing of God into the lives of others. Calamus. The fourth ingredient. i got to find it. Acacia. Acacia. Acacia is a incredible plant. It's, it's like a shrub. It, it produces a uh, purple flower. And it stands upright. But near the middle of the day, you come by the plant and it's bent over. It's not broken. But it's bent over on the ground. You come back at the end of the day and it's standing upright again. I think this is a picture of worship. That you can bow down without breaking. That you live upright, but you also bow down before your God. Can I just say this? You can't see the anointing without worship. You have to be a worshiper. Not a song singer. A worshiper. God's way. The right way. There's an order to bring in the presence of God. You have to be a worshiper. Worship. Worth Ship. We know that the word worship means to rivet your eyes or attention on someone or something, to sit at one's feet even as a dog sits at his master's feet, licking his master's hand. Why does he do that? Why does the dog sit at his master's feet? Because he values his owner. That's the most important thing in that animal's life. What's the most important thing? What do you value most? What do you refuse to live without? You know, some of us, we have our Harleys, and we don't care if the kids eat. We have our Harley. You know, we've got our boat. We're going to go boating. We'll plan all year long to hit Disney World. We'll, we'll take out of our savings account if need be to have a great Christmas. How about your relationship with God? What's that worth? What do you give up to be in the presence of God? Or is it only I come if I get something? I, I participate if it's good for me. If I get a position or, or an opportunity, then, I, then I'll be there. But if I'm in the back, wait a minute, worship your Time in the presence of God. What's it cost you? If being in the presence of God meant I had to sow my Harley 
The Harley's gone. I'm not living a day without the presence of God in my life. The day I come in here and don't feel the presence of God, I'm going home. I ain't doing anything without the presence of God. I've done stuff without the presence of God. And in King James terminology, it sucketh. I'm not interested in anything that doesn't have the anointing of God upon it. Let me ask you something. The areas of your life where bitterness is present, is it possible you need God's presence? Are there areas of your life where you're not upright? Have you allowed substitutions to come into your life and those substitutions unknowingly to you separated you from the presence of God? Was the environment too rough for you and you decided to stop growing? Or have other things become more valuable than God's presence? Then those things are separating you from the real anointing that God desires to produce. So we get ready to start the new year and we, we start the year with a fast. Maybe... In your time of prayer during the fast, it should be requesting forgiveness. That's Bible, you know. If you will humble yourself and pray, turn from your wickedness. God said, I, I will hear your prayer. Maybe we ought to ask God for forgiveness and put a draw upon the anointing. For our upcoming year. I believe that this coming year is going to be the year of the family. That families are going to be incredibly empowered. That the family of God, your family, that, that this family is going to be empowered in a supernatural fashion. Why don't we put a draw on the anointing? And ask God for his presence to come. And make sure that we take every action necessary on our part, to ensure that the walls that have separated us from that anointing come down. Not so we can do more, but so we can know Him more. So that when life presents itself, we're ready for and equal to anything that comes our way through Christ, the anointing. Amen? Will you close your book, bow your head, and let me pray for you.